SCP-6242 Eco-Friendly Infection Object Class Euclid Special Containment Procedures SCP-6242 and the surrounding property is to be monitored by a camera feed and surrounded by a 3-meter tall fence, which is to be checked weekly for damages. One log, pine, spruce, or birch, is to be sawn once monthly using SCP-6242. The sawed log is to be immediately stored in an on-site biological hazard storage unit until SCP-6242-1 growth is observed, after which it is to be incinerated immediately. SCP-6242 is to be linked to the power source only for the monthly sawing and improve testing purposes. All testing requires a written permit from the site's senior researcher. Saw operators and on-site researchers must wear full biohazard suits when interacting with SCP-6242 or any affected lumber. Site is to be disinfected after each sawing session whether SCP-6242-1 has been observed or not. All other lumber material is to be stored in plastic wrapping and kept in a separate storage from all other wood, tools, and active pathways. Any personnel displaying symptoms of SCP-6242-1 infection must be reported to a Level 3 personnel immediately. Description SCP-6242 appears to be a standard saw commonly used in the production of planks through sawing lumber. SCP-6242 or its parts lack any signs of manufacturer or serial numbers, making the tracking of its origin impossible. Logs sawed using SCP-6242 begin to develop severe fungal growth, footnote 1. These fungi are referred to as instances of SCP-6242-1 within 3 to 10 days. The time of growth varies between the humidity of the lumber, footnote 2. Instances of SCP-6242-1 grow exclusively on affected lumber and are unable to grow on living trees, is exposed to, as well as between the species of tree. The fungi remain on the affected lumber for several days before dying, the growth process leaving affected lumber unfit for construction purposes. Upon maturing, SCP-6242-1 instances spread spores which become airborne. These spores enter the human body through airways and eventually reach the brain where they will form a small mycelium within 4-6 to six days after the initial contact. SCP-6242-1 infection seems to affect the infected individual mainly psychologically, affecting their behavior, opinions, and attitudes regarding topics related to nature and nature preservation. The symptoms have been similar in all test subjects, though the severity seems to vary between individuals. Observed symptoms of SCP-6242-1 infection includes strong tendencies of preferring vegan food, Varying levels of distress and anxiety at the thought of forest cutting, killing animals, global warming, and similar topics. High interest in nature-related topics overall, regardless of the individual's previously held interests. Aggression and violent tendencies when distressed about topics of relevance. Completely or nigh-completely healed pollen, animal, and food-related allergies. Approximately 30 days without any logs sawed. SCP-6242 itself begins to rapidly develop fungal growth. The fungi developing on the saw will die in less than 24 hours due to lack of nutrients, although the growth persists due to the continuous growth of new fungi. Discovery 
On March 21, 2008, the foundation was alerted of the anomaly located in the town of Vamdalen, Sweden, by a field agent reporting of news of the sawmill workers all developing drastic changes to their behavior during a short time period. The anomaly was quickly located and recognized in the Nilsson family sawmill. SCP-6242, as well as multiple piles of planks and half-processed lumber, were found growing instances of SCP-6242-1. The area was quickly closed off without incident. The owner of the business, as well as all three workers, were questioned before being amnesticized and released from Foundation custody after being deemed non-infective. The Foundation bought the property, as well as Nilsson Saw business, after which the sawmill facilities were disinfected. A cover-up story of severe mold outbreak was embedded into the local community to explain the recent problems and the end of family business to the locals. Addendum 6242-1 Experiment Log Date, March 28, 2008 Procedure Logs from different species of tree were sawn using SCP-6242. Scott's Pine Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 four days after being sawn. No fungal growth was observed on the saw until 30 days had passed. Norway Spruce Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 three days after being sawn. No fungal growth was observed on the saw until 29 days had passed. Silver Birch Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 five days after being sawn. No fungal growth was observed on the saw until 30 days had passed. Eurasian Aspen Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 six days after being sawn. No fungal growth was observed on the saw until 24 days had passed. Black Alder Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 10 days after being sawn. Sawing did not inhibit the growth of SCP-6242-1 on the saw. European Beech Results Log developed SCP-6242-1 6 days after being sawn. No fungal growth was observed in the saw until 23 days had passed. Notes It has become evident the choice of species of tree affects how soon the anomalous growth appears. The most commonly used species used in building and crafting react the fastest, though it is unclear if this is just a coincidence. Choice of species as a part of special containment procedure is now limited to pine, spruce, and birch. Experiment 6242-B Date, April 11, 2008 Procedure A sample of SCP-6242-1 was sent to Site-217. Eight D-Class personnel from varying backgrounds were infected with SCP-6242-1 to research the effects of the infection. The subjects were isolated as a group and kept under 24-7 camera and audio surveillance. Repetitive results are not included. Subject D2988 Length of exposure, 14 days Observed symptoms The subject acted hostile when provided with food consisting of meat products. Hypersensitivity test for birch pollen came back as negative. Subject D3317 Length of exposure, 14 days. Observed symptoms, 
The subject was visibly uncomfortable, showing mild signs of anxiety disorder when discussing the deforestation of South American rainforest with D-05671, though willing to continue the conversation. Subject, D-3567. Length of exposure, 21 days. Observed symptoms, over days 17 through 21, over 50% of the topics the subject discussed were related to global warming and its effects on the local ecosystem. Subject, D1445. Length of exposure, 21 days. Observed symptoms. The subject displayed signs of claustrophobia, repeatedly asking to get some fresh air. Subject had shown no such behavior before the testing period. Subject, D4677. Length of exposure, 28 days. Observed symptoms. The subject refused to eat and consumed no food between days 15 through 22, after which the subject started eating meat products to prevent death by malnutrition. Hypersensitivity test for nuts came back as negative. Subject. D2151. Length of exposure. Testing terminated. Observed symptoms. Testing terminated. Subject. D4194. Length of exposure. 35 days. Observed symptoms. The subject asphyxiated D2151 through strangulation, resulting in his death. Reason for conflict being a disagreement over the morality of consuming dairy products. Hypersensitivity tests for latex came back as positive. Subject. D3287. Length of exposure. 35 days. Observed symptoms. The subject displayed regret and anxiety over having worked as a poultry farmer. Notes. Information gained from Van Dalen Commune Medical Records report one of the sawmill workers having his hypersensitivity reaction test results come back as negative. Prior medical records report the individual being allergic towards dog and cat dandruff. Weekly hypersensitivity reaction testing included in the cases of the subject having any known allergies. MRI scan indicates five of the eight subjects having what seems to be a small mycelium growing in the part of the brain known as the limbic system. The reason why said mycelium is not visible in all subjects is unknown. Addendum 6242-2 Interview Log Date March 22, 2008 Interviewer, Dr. Bloomkist. Interviewee, Benedict Nilsson. Forward. The sawmill workers were detained in quarantine to prevent the spread of a possible fungal infection. The sawmill owner was questioned to find out more about the anomaly. Begin log. Dr. Bloomkist. Now, Mr. Nilsson, I'd like to ask some questions about what exactly is happening around here. Benedict Nilsson. If you're talking about why all my lumber is spruiting mushrooms all the time, then I probably know just as little as you do. Let's start from the beginning. When exactly did these fungi first show up here? A couple weeks ago. Business was looking a little brighter after they finally got the permit to chop down some good wood at the edge of the old hiking trail there. Naturally, we got the job of getting to process all that wood. And this is when you first started seeing it? No, no. You see, after we were all finished, some stranger approached me while I was visiting town. 
offered to sell me a new saw for a very fair price. Since my old saw was beginning to sign itself off, figured I'd at least go check it out, and yeah, the thing was in pretty good condition. You didn't think the saw lacking any sign of a manufacturer or serial numbers were a bit of a red flag? Well, sure, but when you're back against the wall, you do what it takes. My father ran this mill before me, so I don't want to worry too much about the little details if it kept the family business going. Doesn't matter anymore, though. The trees look better much standing upright in the forest now. This man who sold you the saw. Can you tell us anything about him? Not really. Never had seen him before. Definitely not from around here, too well dressed. Though he did know the industry, so we got along well enough. Haven't seen that many friendly faces around lately. The locals weren't too happy with the forest cutting that took place at the hiking trail. I can understand that, but nothing me and the boys can't deal with. It's just those darn nature conservationists that showed up during the big job. Started camping near the edge of my property and kept yelling at us, calling us criminals and enemies of Mother Earth or whatever. My neighbor even caught the bastards rummaging around my mill. Thank the Lord nothing was broken or stolen. You'd think our little community would be remote enough for these people to not find their way here. Please, keep going. Where are my workers? Or former workers, really? They are safe. We just need to keep all of you here until we know what's happening here. Speaking of which, we understood your workers all quit within a short amount of time. Yeah, they kept saying that they couldn't do this anymore. Said they wouldn't have anything to do with this industry any longer. That cutting down the forest like this is a crime. Shocking to hear something like that coming from the mouth of a sawyer, but soon I couldn't stop thinking about it. I've been walking around the forest just over there for a lot lately, and yeah. The trees really are so beautiful when they're where they belong. I don't know how I kept it going all these years and still could look at myself in the mirror. I see. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Something of relevance, that is. That's all I have, I'm afraid. You'll be escorted back to your quarters shortly. Please remain still. End log. Notes. Request investigation to the possible link between the previous owner of the anomaly and the group trespassing in the sawmill grounds pre-containment. June 25th, 2008, Benedict Nilsson was discovered dead by locals near the community hiking trail. Autopsy confirmed cause of death as alcohol poisoning and deemed as a suicidal act. Mycelium growth similar to those found in D-class test subjects were present in the brain. Addendum 6242 3. Level 3 clearance required. Date, September 19th, 2008. From Site Director Sandstrom to Dr. Blumkist. I am pleased to inform you that we have managed to locate and detain two members of the conservationist group suspected of the anomalous activity which late Nilsson reported. Both were caught in an act of sabotage in a warehouse in Germany. MRI scan clearly indicates both were infected with SCP-6242-1 and have been that way presumably before the anomaly was discovered. Through the info we have obtained through questioning, it has become clear the entire group had been in minor contact with a third party, which has encouraged them to perform acts of ecotage as a test of passage. 
However, it seems the group doesn't seem to completely know what they've gotten themselves into. Concerning about this is how the group has been in contact with this third party, both prior and after the events at Nilsson Sawmill, we can't be too sure yet. But if there's even a chance of a group of radical environmentalists possessing anomalous means of sabotage and influence, our answer has to be swift. There could be thousands of infected out there as far as we know, and separating them from the people who act that way through non-anomalous reasons is exceedingly difficult. As the infected do not further spread the infection, it has been deemed best to concentrate our efforts in detecting unusually high concentrations of people displaying signs of the infection in hopes of locating either the origin of the anomaly or other possibly existing instances of SCP-6242. Should either one be discovered, you will be contacted regarding an immediate update on the special containment procedures. Thank you for listening to SCP-6242. If you enjoyed this SCP, please like and subscribe, and follow the link in the description to the SCP Wiki, and vote to support it and the SCP Wiki as a whole.